Welcome or welcome back to Horse for Whore. I'm Mariah. And this week, Kayla actually is not with me. Instead, I have... It's Leslie. <laughs> and Leslie and I know each other from work. How long have we... Like a, no, over a year now, right? I think we've passed a year mark. Yeah, I think yeah. we have. Literally, Leslie came into our office and we were like, Hi, we're friends now. <laughs> and I was like, um, hello, thank you, I'm gonna go cry really quick, but then I'll be right back. Yeah, I think we, like, bombarded you whenever you Absolutely. first came in. I was like, I'm Faith, I'm Mariah, I'm Jessica. <laughs> and then I'm like, people can be this nice? I thought I was supposed to be in a white male-dominated area, but I'm not! Yay! Yay! Okay, yeah, so Leslie's a real one, she's a down bitch. So, Leslie, I... Told you that I was going to tell you a senseless murder story, but I actually changed it up. And I'm going to tell... No, it's it's better. It's better. I'm going to tell you a survival story. Oh, that is better. Yep, it's better than a murder. Um, So I just want to give you a heads up along with all of our listeners. Like, it's going to get really fucking dark before it gets better. <laughs> but the ending is going to be sweet. So just like, you know, stick with it and know that things are okay in the end. Okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel that yeah. I can look forward to. Exactly. We can look forward to. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I'm going to tell you the survival story of Melissa Dome. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay, this will be good. Okay. So Melissa Dome began dating Robert Burton. They were high school sweethearts in Clearwater, Florida. Initially, things started out great. Robert was this, like, really tall ginger, while Melissa was a very petite, tiny, blonde woman. So they made, like, kind of an odd couple. And actually, I want to show you some photos of them. I should have pulled this up, but I didn't. There they are. Okay. Oh. Yep. Obviously, you can tell who's Robert. I was about to say, the guy on the right is Robert, <laughs> but fucking obviously, bro. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to take it away so that you don't see any spoilers. <laughs> um... So yeah, Melissa's super pretty. She's like super bubbly. Um, you know, her friend said that she's really active and really like driven to be better. And then Robert was kind of this shy, but you know, nice. And they kind of made this like cute couple. Mm -hmm. And so in Melissa's own words, she said, quote, we hung out all the time texting and talking. He was very charming and funny and kind of a gentle giant, end quote. She also described their relationship as two best friends. And so from the outside, they had this, like, seemingly picturesque relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, Melissa felt like she was the sole person responsible for Robert's happiness. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot to put on one person. Mm -hmm. um, Robert really didn't have anyone else. Reportedly, he had a really tough childhood and had a strained relationship with both of his parents. They'd actually gotten divorced when he was younger and his mom remarried. And some of the sources claimed that his mom essentially like started over. Like she married this new guy, they mm -hmm. had new kids, and mm -hmm. this was kind of like their fresh her fresh start to like do everything right this time, which is really fucked up. Yeah. That kind of sounds like a criminal minds episode. Yeah, that's and it, well, it's funny you say that. <laughs> <laughs> um so Melissa and her mom made sure that Robert really felt accepted and loved in their household. So again, she's like the sole person that Robert has, which like you said, is so much to put on someone. Mm -hmm. But as Melissa started to get near graduation, things in the relationship changed. 
Melissa wanted to become a nurse, so she was putting in a lot of effort volunteering at local hospitals and applying to the best schools. Melissa stated, quote, I noticed his behavior changed when I started applying to universities. He became very jealous. He would belittle me and not want me to succeed. He would lie about things, and if I confronted him, he had an explosive temper, end quote. Oh, no. This took a dark turn. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, he obviously doesn't love her in the way that he should love her because you would want that person to succeed, like, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like, even if it was, like, I see you once a week or something, like, you'd still want them to succeed, but... Yeah, at the end of the day, it's kind of for both of them. Mm -hmm. And and as a sidebar, she's trying to find something that she finds happiness in. Yeah. And that's... And he, like, obviously doesn't see them as a team because like Steven and I and mm-hmm. I'm sure it's the same way with you and Mariana like we're a team like it's not I'm gonna do this and you can do that like no we're a team in everything that we do yeah you're supposed to be supportive of each other like, yeah literally the whole point of relationship yeah, but your or wife, I hope so your wife is fucking headed to vet school and you're <laughs> like yeah girl <laughs> she's literally grooming dogs probably as we speak yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like you go get it <laughs> You're not, like, making, like, $12 an hour, but it's okay. <laughs> Find your happiness. <laughs> yes. And she's happy, actually. So there you go. Super great. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to cut that um out and all the other ums, but anyway. <laughs> uh, Melissa, who was 20 years old at the time of the attack, initially denied that she was in an abusive relationship. So, at first, she was like, he doesn't hit me, it's not abusive, which, like, no, honey, physical violence isn't the only way in a relationship can be abusive, but mm-hmm. I digress. She told herself that they were just kind of in a rough patch and things would eventually go back to, quote, normal. But then Robert's anger began to escalate to physical violence. And even then, she denied the fact that she was in an abusive relationship and she would hide it from everyone, including her own mother, oh, which no. she still lived at home and Robert lived with them. So she had to go through extra hoops. Yeah. Because when you're living with someone, that's hard to hide stuff like that. No, exactly. Uh, So Kayla and I have obviously discussed at Links on the podcast that the most dangerous time to be in an abusive relationship is when you're trying to leave. So for anyone new here that says, why doesn't she just leave? Like, it's really not that simple. Mm -hmm. And the most dangerous time for a survivor is when they're leaving because they're most, that's when they're most likely to be fucking harmed or even murdered. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, and that's why people usually do it when their aggressor or um, the person that they're running away from when they're not there and they're trying to hide all the money that they can and try to pre-plan whatever you possibly can. But when someone's involved in your life and they're trying to keep you in there, trust me, they're going to know every Mm -hmm. penny you spent. Yep. And, like, for example, if they have control of your finances, like, access to your phone, like, so much harder than just uh just, just leave, leave. Let me, like, you know what i hate it here i'm gonna leave what the fuck did you say and bam you get hit yeah. across the wall and then you were in a coma maybe no exactly like, it's so much harder than what people think and i would challenge like anyone who says that just needs to really think critically and recognize how like truly fortunate they are to never be in the situation where they have to think about something like that oh absolutely that's Ugh. a privilege and it People yeah. don't see it because there's so many cases. It's like, oh, well, there's it happens to everybody. No, 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 no it doesn't. No, and no. you should be thankful it hasn't happened to you. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. actually been in a relationship like that on a much smaller scale, and it was hard. I actually had to record a video of myself crying. Oh, my God. And I don't know how many 
cries I've had at this point, but it was like, this is the last time. Yeah. And I was talking to myself and I don't know what this person. This is it. Yeah. This is it. If you ever feel like you want to go back, look at this video. And I have. I did. Oh, good. Like, I did. I looked back at a couple times, those times, and I'm like, maybe I... No. No. (laughs) No. And now I'm in a best relationship ever, so yay! Yay! Well, I'm sorry you went through that, but I'm also very glad that you met Mariana, because you guys are great, so... Aw, thank you. By this time, uh, Melissa and Robert had been together for a couple of years, and Melissa was attending college while still living at home. Mm Mm-hmm. She had tried to break things off multiple times, but Robert just refused to hear it. And he claimed that Melissa was his girlfriend and that she was supposed to support him and not, quote, abandon him. And that he would commit suicide if Melissa ever broke up with him. There's that emotional manipulation. There you go. <laughs> Honestly, though, that's like, I feel like that is on the same level of physical abuse to say, like, if you leave, I'm going to do this. Like, bro, what the Fuck, that is so fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, then one night in October 2011, Melissa was driving the couple home and because Robert had been drinking. So Melissa described that day as quote, he said I shut the door before he had finished before he had finished speaking, and that set him off. He started hitting and punching me. I was able to break free and run away to call the police who arrived and arrested him. He was charged with domestic battery and sentenced to 10 hours in jail. I thought I was finally free of him, end quote. Mm-hmm. If anything, it would make him more angry, I would think. Yeah, but luckily she had, like, um, well, she was able to get a restraining order, which, you know, fucking ends their relationship at that point. Mm-hmm. So she thought she had, like, some protection and that things would be good. And at first, like, things were good. Like, he wasn't contacting her for months. Oh, nice. Yeah, so she was like, this is it, I'm free. Yeah. Um... So Melissa went on to say that the restraining order essentially gave her a fresh start and she could breathe again. She was nearing graduation and she was working full-time as a receptionist of their local hospital. Oh, nice. Yeah, her and her friends were actually planning this super long backpacking trip throughout Europe after they all graduated. And Melissa was just, like, truly living her life. Mm-hmm. Um, she celebrated her 20th birthday and went skydiving. Whoa. Yeah. That's scary yet impressive. <laughs> yeah, have you ever been? No, I want to, but I'm scared of heights. Oh, my so. God. Yeah, me too. I went one time with my cousin, Robin. And it was literally, like, I remember it was so cloudy. And I was like, oh, thank God we're not fucking going. And then they were like, yeah, let's just go up and see if we can find a hole. We couldn't find any, like, non-cloud-covered areas. And so I was like, oh, my God, yes, we're going back down. And then they were like, turn around, turn around, we're going skydiving. I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Robin, you have to go first. I'm literally not getting out of the plane with this guy. Like, because we had to do tandem, obviously, because it was our first time. Yeah. And luckily she went. And then my guy was like, are you ready to go skydiving? I was like, no. And then he just rolled out of the plane. I was like, bro, that's illegal, but whatever. (laughs) Is that illegal? Yeah, if you say no, they're supposed to pull you back in. But honestly, like, I'm really glad that I ended up doing it. I bet, yeah. Like, I'm glad I did it, but still, it was like, I was like, oh my god, I'm so fucking scared. Damn, you made it all the way up there, though. Like, you made it, you put on the suit, you got into the aircraft. Because I thought we weren't going to be going. I was like, it's too cloudy, we're not going to go, thank god. 
And literally, the pilot was like, yeah, I can't find anything. Yeah. Like, we're just going to go down. We'll have to reschedule you guys. And I was like, oh, yay. I'm never coming back. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing it. Catch then, me if you can. Yeah. And then they were like, we found one. Turn around. Turn around. Yeah, that's the worst. But, so... like, it's also a really good experience. Yeah, It kind of, like, forced you into it. So, that's, no. like, kind of awesome. But... Yeah, I look back and I'm like, I'm so glad that I did that. But I'm like, yeah, I'll probably never do that again. <laughs> I'm never going to do that, even though I want to. But, like, I'll yeah, never do that. Yeah, like... I swear, if Robin wouldn't have been the one to, like, force me to go and, like, force me to get tickets and shit, like, I wouldn't have gone. She's much more adventurous than I am. That's awesome. <laughs> you need somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so Robert left her alone, like I was saying. So through social media, Melissa learned that Robert had a new girlfriend, which she thought was, like, you know, this is great. He's over me. We're both moving forward. Like, we're both, you know, in happy, like, happy stages of our life. Like, things are great. Which also, I think that that shows you just, like, how nice of a person she is. Because mm-hmm. I would be like, I hope that bitch fucking get not him, not her, but him. I hope fucking he gets in a car wreck. I never see him again. But Melissa's just like, yeah, I hope he's okay. I was just thinking the same thing. Because her seeing him with somebody else could either do, like, a couple of things. And she could either be really happy for mm-hmm. them or turn the tables and be super toxic. Yeah. And she wasn't. She yeah. was just like... Like, if anything, more relief. Like, okay, really, really, he yeah. won't come back. Okay, now he's, like, really done with me. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, she's just, like, so sweet. Because I would be the total fucking opposite. Listen, you and me both. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, on January 24th, 2012, which was two weeks after Melissa's birthday, everything changed. Oh, no. So, Robert began calling her obsessively over and over at the point to which she couldn't even use her own phone because he just kept calling holy shit Mm -hmm. so like two in the morning melissa gave in and finally answered the phone and robert gave her this super long sob story about how he'd gone to court for the battery charge and he just needed some closure so he said that he just wanted to see her give her one last hug and that if she saw him he would leave her alone forever so After some arguing, like, initially, Melissa was like, no, like, just fucking leave me alone, bro. Right. Um, But after he just, like, kept persisting and he was, like, crying at one point, she agreed to come outside and meet him. And Melissa stated, quote, I didn't listen to my intuition telling me it was wrong, and that was the biggest mistake I ever made. I took my pepper spray and phone thinking I could protect myself if I needed to, end quote. At this point, it's 3 a.m., so the neighborhood is just, like, pitch black and silent. Mm -hmm. Melissa sees Robert outside, and she walks up to him. She didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. And she puts her arms up to hug him. He also put his arms out, and he grabbed her for the hug. Then Melissa said she remembers hearing a click, and then all of a sudden, he was stabbing her with a switchblade (gasps) over and over again. He stabbed her in the head, neck, shoulders, and face. What the fuck? Yeah, Melissa said, quote, I remember the pain of the first few, but after that I went to fight or flight mode. I tried to fight back and bite his hand. I was punching and screaming and doing everything I could, but I kept falling to the ground because I was losing so much blood, end quote. Oh my god. Melissa said she saw someone near her, and she stated, quote, A young boy and girl nearby ran over because they heard me screaming, and the girl called 911. After seeing them, Robert went back and got a bigger knife with a serrated blade from his truck and began attacking me with that. He had every intention of killing me. He knew the police were going to come, and he wanted to get it finished. He left me lying in the road, and I thought I was going to die, end quote. 
So after Robert saw the young boy and girl calling the police, he actually got into his truck and left. So the 911 dispatch sent officers to the scene, and the first officer to arrive was actually named Melissa Harris, so the same name. Mm -hmm. She arrived at 318, and she said she saw a figure crawling through the grass by the road, and it was Melissa Dome. Oh, my God. Officer Harris ran up to her and told her to lie down, and then emergency services would be right behind her. When the paramedics got there, one said that there was just so much blood, he couldn't even tell where Melissa was injured or what form of injury it was. Oh, this is gross. He started feeling around on her head to find the origins of the blood, and his finger literally slipped inside her, inside, like, her skull. Yeah. So Melissa had been stabbed 34 times, and it had actually punctured her skull. Her arms were mutilated from defending herself, and she said that... She has, like, little bit of memories between the attack and of her waking up in the hospital, but they're foggy. She remembers being put in the back of an ambulance and an officer talking to her saying, Who did this to you? Do you know who did this to you? And Melissa initially responded, and the officer thought she said, Robbie Merton. So the officer repeated back, Merton? But Melissa gathered all her strength and corrected the officer by saying, quote, No, Burton with a B. Yeah, Melissa was able to get out that Robert was her ex-boyfriend and that the and because of this, the police were able to put out a boatload. <laughs> How strong she is. I'd be like, let me just lay here, bro. Right? Stop like, talking to me. Um, Holy shit. You're stabbing your skull and yeah. your neck and your shoulder everywhere. You're uh-huh. bleeding out and then you can still say not only the man's name, Correct the officer's original yes. name. No, Burton with a B. Like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. You yeah. you can tell, like, he's my ex-boyfriend, bro. Like <laughs> That adrenaline must have kicked yeah. in. He could have called a mom. <laughs> you know who could have hurt her. Yeah. Melissa later said, quote, my last few memory Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa later said, quote, my last few memories were in the ambulance. It was very bright and blurry, and people were yelling and trying to stabilize me. They put the ventilator in to help me breathe, and I knew that was a really bad sign. I thought, okay, they think I'm about to die. Then they said they needed to airlift me, and they called for a helicopter, end quote. So once the helicopter arrived, a paramedic named Cameron helped to actually carry Melissa from the ambulance to the helicopter. And he said that as he was loading her in, he just felt this like feeling rush over him and he knew that Melissa was going to live and that he was going to see her again. So we'll circle back to that. Okay, <laughs> it was a little suspicious there. <laughs> so while Melissa was being taken and treated at the hospital, the police actually managed to track down Robert. This motherfucker had run his truck into a convenience store and had taken a bunch of sleeping pills to try and end his life. But he didn't die. Good. Good. So trauma surgeons worked on Melissa for five hours, and she flatlined four times. She suffered from a stroke and massive blood loss. She had a broken skull and jaw. And jaw. Her head and nose were fractured. Robert had actually severed her facial nerve, which caused paralysis on the right side of her body. And they actually had to give Melissa 12 units of blood while working on her. And for comparison, the average body holds about seven to eight. So, yeah, it's, like, a complete miracle that this bitch survived, and I'm so fucking proud of her. Yeah, I'm She's here like for it. She's, like, so fucking strong. <laughs> you know, like, when you're in, um, you're at a poetry reading and people are just, like, um, 
snapping their fingers. Yeah, That's yeah, exactly what we're doing right now. Like, yeah, girl, <laughs> get it. So Melissa said that the time in the hospital seemed like very, like one very long day, but actually she was in intensive care for several days. And she remembered at one point motioning for a pen from her family, saying that she needed to know what happened to Robert. Um, she like couldn't talk or anything and she couldn't really use her right hand Mm -hmm. because of the attack. So with her left hand, she wrote dead, alive, or jail. And her family told her that Robert had been caught, that he didn't die, and he was charged with first degree murder. And Melissa said she felt this wave of relief wash over her, knowing that he couldn't bust in and attack her or her family. And after that, she didn't focus on Robert one more second. Can you imagine... You're like Literally in and out of consciousness, and then you're like, "Is this person gonna gonna yeah. pop out of nowhere and try to kill me or my family because I didn't get his name out in yep. time or something?" Literally couldn't imagine that, and that's why, that's why I think I'm just like so in awe by this story because like this horrible, horrible thing happened to her, and you know her. I don't want to say, like, giving up, but her literally just being like, I cannot fucking talk to you. I'm trying to survive. Mm -hmm. But she had the strength to tell them, like, no, Burton with a B, it's my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And got this fucker off the road. Or off the streets. And it was three in the morning. Yeah. What were a little boy and a little girl doing in the streets? I was like, what the fuck are these kids doing? And those people have actually remained anonymous. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure, like, Melissa might know who they are, but, like, they're anonymous, like, in all the sources and everything, so they're just, like, two people that just, like, did a good thing, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. So, Melissa actually had a long road of recovery ahead of her, obviously. Um, They told her that she would likely never walk again, but if you remember, Melissa actually had this, like, big trip to Europe with her friends, and she thought, like, there's no way he's gonna fucking take this from me. So she asked the doctor what the likelihood of her being able to go would be. And the doctor was like, mm, you know, if you work really hard, maybe just kind of like not wanting to say no about mm-hmm. it. But Melissa took this as like, okay, there is a possibility. So she worked her ass off in physical therapy. And three weeks after arriving at the hospital, Melissa walked out the front door. You're lying. No, isn't You're that awesome? Lying. I don't believe <laughs> it you. It makes me want to cry. Oh, what? Yeah. Three weeks after being, you know, fucking attacked by this man, she walked right out of the hospital. She's literally like, hell no, nah, let mm-hmm. me get up yep. and figure it out. Yo, this girl has some drive in her. Yeah. We need a little bit of that, like, spread <laughs> out throughout little. the U.S. Then we yeah. might be a better country. <laughs> um, also, Melissa managed to graduate on fucking time, bro. And no. If, and if you remember, she was attacked in January, yeah. which, like, most people graduate in May, so, like... She literally didn't take any time off, graduated on fucking time, and she made it to Europe. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> you girl, let me pay for your trip. I ain't got no money like that, but let me pay for your trip. Cause... Yeah, let me help you. What? So Melissa said that she had a moment when she was with her friends in Paris, staring at the Eiffel Tower, and she just immediately started sobbing. Aww. And she said, quote, I was just thinking, I'm so happy to be here. A few months ago, I was almost murdered, and here I am in front of the Eiffel Tower, end quote. So good. <laughs> Literally makes me want to cry, like, yeah. What a bad bitch. <laughs> I have, like, my heart is feeling yeah. so heavy right yeah, now. Yeah, my chest is heavy, my heart Maybe hurts. that's that's more accurate. <laughs> yeah, but like, my heart is, like, so happy, too. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god, she literally went through it all. Yeah. So... 
One year and one month after her attack, Melissa actually took the stand and confronted Robert at a preliminary hearing. So she had to discuss everything that led up to the attack to see, obviously, if it would be admissible in court. And she said that she laid everything out, things that she'd never admitted to herself or to anyone else. She was just, like, saying it all. It was like a tell-off, as you should. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said that while she was up there, Robert was just staring at her with daggers, and he wouldn't look away. And so Melissa was like, fine, and stared right back at him while she said every little thing that he'd done to her. (laughs) Melissa said that it took away the shame and it made her feel empowered. Which, like, I don't ever want these victims to ever feel shame about the situation because it's not your fault at all. But I mm-hmm. also, I understand how you could feel shame about this. Yeah. So Robert would be held in jail for two years while the case worked its way through the system. And in 2013, Robert Burton was sentenced to life. In prison. As he should. As he fucking should, bro. Rotten prison. But it gets better. How does it get better from this? Well, I know. So, in 2012, 10 months after the attack, Melissa was speaking at an event about being a survivor. 10 months after the attack, this bitch is out talking about her story. She's yeah. so She was awesome. like, by this time, I've actually learned how to walk. I've backpacked. Yeah. I've done this and I've done that. And I've, I've graduated. Yeah, I've dealt with the trauma of this. Like, I'm ready to help people. So, Melissa stated, quote, I assumed I would be single for the rest of my life. I never thought anyone wanted, would want to date me because I was damaged and had all this baggage. But I thought I could still use my experiences to help others, end quote. At this event, the emergency services team who saved her life, no. including Cameron, no. <laughs> were there. <laughs> so Melissa and Cameron actually started dating after realizing they had so much in common. Melissa went to St. Petersburg College, but not to study nursing. She actually wanted to dedicate her life to speaking out against domestic violence. So mm-hmm. Melissa actually studied management and organizational leadership in business. A few years after Cameron and Melissa started dating, Melissa was invited to give the first bitch at a Tampa Bay Rays baseball game. I don't know why I paused there. Um, In recognition of her work with schools talking about violent relationships. Melissa said that she was on the mound, but there wasn't a baseball there. So Cameron came out of the dugout and handed her a ball that had the words, Will you marry me? written on it. (laughs) Aww. And this is her first time? Like, um... Or this is an award? She's throwing out the first pitch at a baseball oh, okay. game. Yeah, yeah. so it is like kind of an award where they're like, hey, okay. you've done really great things. Like, throw this out. And so Cameron surprised her by asking her to marry him. So talking about that moment, Melissa said, quote, I couldn't speak for a moment as I couldn't find the words. It was just incredible knowing that he put so much effort in and to make this surprise special for me. And I just felt very blessed and over the moon. Of course I said yes, end quote. <laughs> This year, 2022, would actually mark their fifth wedding anniversary. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So, Melissa does speaking engagements about the importance of recognizing abuse and educating individuals on how common domestic violence relationships, or how common domestic violence is in relationships, mm-hmm. and that it's never the victim's fault. So, Melissa actually does a lot of fundraising for multiple charities that cover the cost of reconstructive surgeries for victims just like her. And in a later quote, or in a later interview, Melissa stated, quote, I am not a victim of domestic violence. I am a survivor of domestic violence. I can finally move on. This book is closed, end quote. Dang, girl. 
And that is a survival story of Melissa Dome. Okay, that's super awesome. I know. It's like, it it got dark, and then it got better, and then it got better, and then it got better. (laughs) That's awesome. I know. I love it. I think that she's, like, one of the most amazing people. Also, to be able to, like, have this, like, huge event happen to you, and then to say, you know what, like not to anyone else, never again to anyone else. Like, I'm going to educate people. Because, like, in one of her interviews, she was saying that, um, like, she just didn't know what an abusive relationship was, and so now her life is dedicated to educating people to recognize these signs. Right. And that's so important because, you know, it's not just black and white. It's not just, oh, he hit me or he slapped me. Or she, right? Yeah. Um, It's not not that simple. Or verbal, like, oh, you look fat or I don't even know. Emotional, like... Emotional abuse is abuse. There's like, so many things. Gaslighting? Yeah. I didn't know what gaslighting was until this year. And, and you know, because of TikTok. But can't take TikTok seriously, apparently. <laughs> but, but literally, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's kind of like these things are normalized within yes. society. That's the worst part. Yeah. And, like, absolutely. When, even if you don't talk about something, it still fucking happens. And mm-hmm. so I'd rather have, like, all the people that I love educated about this so they can recognize the signs so that they never go through an abusive relationship or, like, put up with it. Yeah. Because it's bullshit, and no one should ever have to do that. Put and, up with it. And then, like, she's going out and telling everybody, and as you were reading that, I just thought, well, what about, like, the kids in high school? Yeah. Or middle school? And they... So they don't know any better and they learn from their parents uh-huh. and how many parents do you think are in emotional or physically abusive relationships yep. and they pass it on to the kids unknowingly or knowingly yeah and like you need to let people know like this is happens it's dark it's sad but yeah. it's the reality that we live in uh-huh you can't just shelter everybody from yeah because and also you like shouldn't teach your like especially your young girls like you should never teach them like Oh, he hits you. He think he he thinks that you're pretty. Like even at such a young age, like no, absolutely. You not. tell that yeah. boy not to fucking touch you. That's right. what you do. Oh, that makes me want to rage out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we go, if you or someone you know is suffering from an abusive relationship, you can call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at eight zero zero seven nine nine seven two three three. Or text START to 88788, and we will have all that linked in the description box for this episode. So, Leslie, how'd you like it? I know that she, well, we're still recording. <laughs> she looked up. <laughs> I know Leslie was a little bit nervous, and, like, the first time Kayla and I record, I can't even listen to, like, our first 10 episodes because I just cringe so hard because we were so fucking nervous. Right, I remember that when you were telling me, you like, Okay, I have this podcast called yeah. Horror Horror, but, like, don't start episode one, start episode <laughs> ten. And now that I've watched everything, or listened to everything, rather, I'm going to go back to episode no, one. No, no, don't do yeah, it! Yeah, because I'm sure there's some good-ass stuff in there. I think that Kayla and I um, are going to do, like, once we obviously get, like, a cut further in on the episodes, is try and do, like, a... Um, like a redo, you know, where we add like more information and we're not like as nervous. Oh, that'd <laughs> oh, be cool. I want you to tell the story about oh. <laughs> the car wreck. Okay, so I was halfway into my hour and 30 minute commute <laughs> and I've been driving. I think it was like my third or fourth day on shift. So I was coming towards the tail end. So I know the traffic pattern very well mm-hmm. and the construction zone and whatnot. So I'm driving. I see this sign, something about merging ahead. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We've been merging. It's probably like 4.30 in the morning because I have to start my shift at 6. And I like to get there early. So 
I'm driving, and then all of a sudden, the traffic in front of me just stops. We were, like, 60 to zero. Oh, my God. So, I'm like, what the fuck? And then I, like, first I'm slowing down because I hate stopping and going. Like, yeah, it's just a big it. pet peeve. So, I'm, like, slowing down with, with enough space, and then I'm, like, oh, shit, this, this person's, like, just um, slamming on his stop, brakes. Stop, yeah. yeah, and I I try to slam on my brakes, but I can't do it in time, so I serve off to the side because all the cones are, are up and basically like everywhere except for one lane, and I serve off to the side, and I'm listening to your podcast, of course, <laughs> and um, it's the only thing that helped me survive my drive. <laughs> so as I serve off to the side, um, you guys are still in the back talking. I think actually at this point you guys were giggling yeah, or laughing, like laughing about me, <laughs> and then I'm just like... <gasps> Because I literally almost got into a wreck. And I look over and then there's two other cars that did the same thing. They swerved off to the oh my side. God. And and then I like, okay, I finally I ran over a cone. It was like a really big <laughs> deal. I had to take it off of my tire and I was like crying. Like finally composed myself, got back in the car, and then I'm like, wait. There's been like people that say, like, what happens when you get into a car accident? Does people does the music still play? Well, let me tell you it does. <laughs> yeah, because you have like a dash cam. And, right? yeah, yeah, so I reviewed the dash cam footage. <laughs> I downloaded it, but I can't find it anymore. Oh, it'd be it. so great. And then all you hear is like me swerving off. Um, oh, I also honked because I was like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" Yeah. So there's like a honk in there, and then you guys are like, "Ha ha ha!" And I was like, "No, guys, this is not the time to be laughing. You cannot laugh right now. This but is a big it, deal." It was great. And then I continued my drive, and I had to go back because I'm like, "Wait, I missed this whole yeah. job." What was so funny? I didn't were even you, know. Were she like listening to the Taylor Swift episode too? It might have been. I, I Thank you. I can't remember what you told me, but that's one of my favorite episodes. If anyone like listening now has not listened to our Taylor Swift episode, it's super good. It's super good. I loved it. I didn't know it was in Denver. I didn't know yeah. like, the whole situation was That dirt bag is in fucking Denver. I'm pretty sure it's called, I'm pretty sure the episode's titled like a dealer's choice or something because we both covered like not true crime, but like crime related. Yeah. So yeah, anyone should go and listen to that. And if you, you have any funny dash cam footage, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Leslie almost gets in a wreck and we're just like, ha, 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 <laughs> It was great. Yeah. A 10 out of 10, I would not do again, but... Wouldn't recommend, it was fun. but funny. Yeah, definitely funny. <laughs> Look at, like now. It's yeah, funny. like skydiving for you. Oh, yeah, well, I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> like, I would try not to get into a wreck, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for coming on, Leslie. I had a lot of fun. and you too. I mean... Honestly, you're probably going to be a reoccurring guest if you're willing to sit through it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I have, I'll take you guys if you take me with I'll have you. No, it's <laughs> okay. I know what you're saying. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, we'll see you, Horace, next week, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Bye. Bye.